T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Rusk Report program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on the Bet 1520. We've had many members of this man's family on our program. We had his sister, Allison, who's a best-selling author, Allison Pataki, on the program. And we had his dad probably seven or eight times on this show. Uh, Governor George Pataki when he was in office and he loved this program and he loved coming up for the Pulaski Day Parade uh, as most people thought he was Polish but he was Hungarian. <laughs> so we have his son on today and he's a noted writer and filmmaker Owen Pataki. To tell you a little bit about him he graduated from Cornell University in 2010 with a degree in history in 2011, Owen Pataki joined the Army and served as a lieutenant, deploying to Afghanistan in 2014 with the 10th Mountain Division. Following his service in the military, he attended the filmmaking program at Met Film School in Ealing Studios in London. Again, a noted writer and filmmaker, Owen Pataki, our guest on the Rust Report. I'd like to learn a little bit about this uh, novel, Searches, Searchers in Winter, a historical fiction novel set in Europe and France during the Napoleonic Wars. Tell us all about this, Owen Pataki. Well, good morning, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Um, as, you, as you said, my sister has been on recently to discuss her book, and my dad has been on a million times so right it's, uh, it's good to get to join the club so thank you for it's having all me it's on. all in the family so searchers and winter it, yeah exactly exactly i appreciate it so searchers and winter is a historical fiction novel set uh during the napoleonic wars in europe and it's a sequel to the first book in the series that was co-written by my sister and myself allison as you mentioned uh titled where the light falls which is a novel set during the the reign of terror of the french revolution so the second book, Searchers, picks up in 1806, about seven years after the first book ends, and it's right as Europe and France are plunged into this epic period of, of war and these seismic political and military shifts and upheavals that are brought on by Napoleon and, and Europe's kind of rivalry with France and revolutionary France and Napoleon. And it's, it's, it's an action-adventure thriller story set in that very dramatic context and it's 
it's it was a lot of fun to write. It was a lot of fun to research, and I, yeah, as you mentioned, I studied. I went to Cornell, studied history, so it was it was a great uh, adventure for me to kind of dive into this period of history that I previously hadn't didn't know too much about. Now, is this available on Amazon to buy this novel? Can people get it now? It is. It is. Oh, and, right. Yeah. And, so it, it actually came out last year, and it's yeah. It's so it's it's called Searchers in Winter. It is available on Amazon. It's available on BarnesandNoble.com, Books a Million, pretty much anywhere where books are sold. You can you can get it as well as Where the Light Falls, which is the the first book in the series. And I always try to tell people to to start with the first one, and the second one makes more sense. But but either way you want to do it is fine. Okay. So our listeners are throughout the seventeen states. We penetrate with the Bet 1520 and uh, much of Canada. They can get it now through Amazon. Okay, it's called Searchers in Winter, and it's written by our guest, Owen Pataki. And I was very fortunate to uh, work for his father for uh, 12 years, a very honest, decent, capable man, uh, George Pataki, former governor of New York. So, again, the book is Searchers in Winter, historical novel set in Europe and France, and it's available now. Uh, let's talk about your roots. You're an upstate New York young man, and we like that in West New York. We hail from Buffalo, yeah, but you've spent a lot of time in upstate New York at uh, Cornell, and uh, you were raised in upstate New York. Let's hear about your roots. Yeah, so I, I grew up in the Hudson Valley, right across from West Point, in a small town called Garrison. And um, like you mentioned, I've always just kind of come back to upstate New York. I went to university at Cornell, graduated in 2010, and then uh, sort of unplanned, but I joined the Army in 2011, and I ended up right back in upstate New York when I was stationed at uh, Fort Drum in Watertown, which is about an hour north of Syracuse, I'm sure many of your listeners are, are well aware of. Well, and we so, blanket that area you know, solidly. I've, I've kind of always... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. It's The western New York is, is a very kind of... And upstate, the north country as well. It's a, it's a tight-knit community. And, you know, Watertown, it's 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 cold. It's not, <laughs> it's not an easy place to get by in the winter, as I'm sure you from Buffalo understand that. But the people there are, like, very resilient. And I know... A lot of people who are Buffalo Bills fans from Western New York, and they're—I'm I'm a Jets fan, so it's—it's it's been a good little rivalry. Buffalo kind of has the edge right now, but yeah, it's—it's it's Western New York is is in upstate as well. My parents go up to the Lake Champlain region in Essex County a lot, so our family family has a lot of roots there. And it's—you know—it's from college to the army to now, it's—it's it's definitely been a part of my life for a long time. Well, we're going to have a lot of listeners in upstate New York who are going to be torn because they really would like you to be a full-time Bills fan and not a Jets fan. I, I, I've been to a couple games there, actually, when I was stationed at Fort Trump. A couple of uh, Army buddies and I went to see them play the Chiefs. And it, it is, it's, of course, Bills fans are as passionate as they come. Everybody has heard of Bills Mafia. So I respect, I respect the tribe, so to speak, but I can't. I can't in good conscience ditch the Jets, no matter how how tempting they make it. Sometimes I, I can't I can't leave that for better or worse. I'm kind of tied. My dad my dad kind of waffles a little bit. He he 
he's kind of a fair weather. When the Bills are doing well, he all of a sudden he he considers himself a Bills fan. So he he might be the one to work on. He could you could probably pry him away to the. All right, the next time I see him, I'll Bills work. Fanhood. I'll yeah. work on my former boss. But I understand when the Bills play against New England, you are for the Bills. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I, as a as a newer as a Yankees fan, I can't stand the Red Sox. As a Jets fan, I can't stand the Patriots. So when the when the Bills are are playing the Patriots, kind of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So definitely go Bills when they're playing New England. Definitely. All right, okay, all right. Our guest today is Owen Pataki. He's a writer and filmmaker, and he's uh, the author of Searchers in Winter, a historical fiction novel set in Europe and France during the Napoleonic Wars. It's available with Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, he is the brother of Alison Pataki, who's been a guest on this program before. <coughs> so we urge all of our listeners to the Rust Report on the Bet 1520 to go get a copy of Searchers in Winter, which I'm sure will be another bestseller. Uh, Owen Pataki is our guest. If you have any thoughts or comments, please write to Brian Rusk, the Bet 1520. 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And if you're listening in Cheektowaga, New York, or Montreal, or Washington, D.C., we'd like to hear from you. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guest, Al Zuccaro with the World Trade Center, Palm Beach, Florida, Ambassador Eric Javits, and Joe Winner, the head of the Family Business Center at Niagara University. A little bit more information about Owen Pataki. In 2017, he published his first novel, Where the Light Falls, with his sister and best-selling author, a guest on this program a few months ago, Allison Pataki. His second novel, Searchers in Winter, was released in May of 2021. It's available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. He lives in New York City, and uh, he is a writer and a filmmaker. Now, as... We have about a third of the people in Western New York where we hail this program from on the Bet 1520 are of Polish descent. And uh, there are 10 million right. Americans of Polish descent and a million in New York State where your father was governor. Uh, let's talk about this, uh, uh, what you've been working on with a script set with the Augustau Roundup of 1945, also known as Little Cotton, involving the detention and massacre of Poles by the Soviets. We've had a lot of programs on the Big Cotton Massacre, which was just shameful, the killing of uh, thousands of uh, Polish soldiers, nuns, priests, professors, in the back of the skull with a bullet, and then shoved into mass graves, thousands. So let's talk about Little Katyn, probably very few people know about this. Could you please explain this to us, author Owen Pataki? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, the Katyn massacre happened during World War II when, when tens of thousands of Poles were taken from the Eastern Front into Russia and massacred, just, just for no reason other than that they were considered a threat to, to the Soviet system. And the, the Little Katyn episode in Augustau, which is a city, a region in eastern Poland, happened actually after the war ended. So in the summer of 1945, after Hitler and the Nazis were driven out of Poland and Eastern Europe, the Soviets under Stalin came in and occupied all the Eastern countries, and that's where the Iron Curtain came up. And 
in that summer, um, the Soviets rounded up, as you mentioned, in this region, thousands of former home army partisans who were the, the partisan fighters who had been actually fighting the Nazis in, in the woods and forests of Poland for throughout the duration of the war. And these men, these survivors of this horrific, I mean, 20% of Poles died in World War II. That, that is an astounding number of how many Poles suffered either from the Nazis during the Holocaust or the Soviets or just the war in general, um, civilians. And these men, along with civilians, women, sometimes children, students, there were even pregnant women, there were, you know, people just going to university, you know, the intellectuals that were considered a potential threat to the Soviets and the Red Army in, in Eastern Europe were rounded up, tortured in many cases, interrogated, you know, brutally treated, and then hundreds were sent into Russia never to be seen again. And, and remember, this is after the war ended. So this was not something that was a you know, military necessity or, or some, some justification. This was an outright brutality with no justification. And the Poles, up until recent, like, you know, Fairly recently, let's say the 90s, the post-Soviet era, had no idea what happened to these people. Their graves were never discovered. Their identities were never um, revealed. They never got, you know, death certificates or anything. So this is a story that's true. And lately, a partner of mine from that I met in film school, he he's, lives in London, he's British, as well as his uh, production partner, who's Polish, Jacek Jagotka, who's a very successful Polish actor, producer, and stuntman. He's been in Game of Thrones. He's been in, uh, you know, the the Northman. He's been in Kingsman. He's been in, you know, all sorts of movies. He's he's a production partner in, in, involved in this. Myself and the others. And I I wrote the screenplay for uh, a fictional thriller that's about uh, a sniper and a team of partisans who have to rescue some of these hostages in this real life event it's a fictional story but it's set in the context of a real historical event that as you mentioned little katin is is it's kind of uh nickname and and that's it's it's lesser known to to most people especially us in the west and it's we believe that it's one of those stories that deserves to be told and the the time feels right and a lot of polish um producers and some some you know, investors are are looking at this and they're they're interested in telling this story. And not not to ramble on, Brian, but as as you and I'm sure people listening are aware, Poland has kind of borne the brunt of this refugee crisis in Ukraine, and they're they're they've really stepped up in a humanitarian way, militarily as well. But they've really kind of, you know, risen to the occasion with what's happening in Ukraine. And so we feel like now is is the time that the the Polish people deserve to kind of get their stories out to the world because for 50 years the Soviets dominated Eastern Europe and they didn't they weren't allowed to celebrate their heroes they weren't allowed to teach you know Polish history that wasn't approved by Soviet censors for half a century after World War II so you can imagine suffering under the Nazis and then that's just replaced by another half century of Soviet terror and intimidation so it, it it's one of those stories that we feel like it's it's entertaining and it should be a, a thrilling movie, but it's also very much kind of a service or at least uh, coming out of a respect for this, this true to life historical event. You uh, seem to have a fascination uh, with the uh, Polish people and the history of Poland. 
but before we get to that, I want to give one plug here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available at many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454. They have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. And a little bit more information about Owen Pataki. In 2017, he published his first novel, Where the Light Falls, with his sister and best-selling author, Alison Pataki, who was on this program. His second novel, Searchers in Winter, which is available now at Barnes & Noble and on Amazon, was released in 2021, and he lives in New York City as a writer and filmmaker. Now, you're of Hungarian descent, but you seem to have, like your father, a fascination with the people of Poland. Maybe there is some Polish blood in you with the borders changing all the time in Poland. Why are you so interested in Poland? Well, I know that my dad always said, and I've heard this from both Hungarians and Poles, that they're they're kind of two two brother nations. They've never really fought in a war against each other. They've always somehow managed to align against external enemies. So they kind of have that mutual respect and truce. So I'm not sure about any Polish blood, but I know that there's a lot of you know ties between the two countries. But to to give a simple answer to that question, I don't know exactly what it was that kind of drew me towards this fascination in Polish history. It wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't any sort of agenda. But um, as, as you mentioned earlier in Searchers in Winter, that's a, that's a story that about a third of the story takes place in, in what's contemporary today's Poland, which was back then a nation called the Duchy of Warsaw, which was basically a Polish nation state created by Napoleon when he conquered the Austrians and the Prussians and the Russians, and he, he defeated them and allowed the Poles to have this nation state. And he was charmed and seduced by Marie Walewska, who was this famous Polish, uh, I believe she was from an aristocratic family, but either way, she was she was a very influential Pole that, that Napoleon more or less fell in love with, and she kind of was whispering in his ear to, to give the Poles a chance, and and hundreds of thousands if not millions of poles would end up serving in the napoleonic wars on the side of napoleonic france invading russia and and one became a marshal of france etc cetera, etc cetera. so the, the book is what drew me into studying poland poland and polish history the the research for for the book for searchers and winter and i i had i just kind of developed this affinity i mean a quick aside i i read the witcher books by andrei sapkowski and he's now one of poland's kind of contemporary famous superstars because of the Witcher books and video games and television series that's on Netflix. And then when we were prepping the, the, the you know, the scripts, the, the idea is brainstorming for the scripts that I just mentioned for Little Katyn Augustow, we decided Poland is, is the place we want to set this story. And again, the research really informed the fascination. I, I didn't come into it. I didn't know what Little Katyn, the Augustow roundup was two or three years ago. I, I didn't have any sort of background in it, and I didn't have any agenda, but the more I learned about it, the more I came to realize, wow, this is this is really fascinating history, and uh, you just come to admire the resilience of the Polish people. Like I, like I mentioned, 20 to 30 percent 
of the Polish population died in World War II. That that is an unbelievable statistic, and for them to to still be on the world stage and still, you know, a democratic country, still creating art, still helping the Ukrainian refugees. I mean, I really think that country is has suffered a lot just between Germany, Russia, you know, these these Austria, the Austrian Hungarian Empire. That's it's kind of that middle torn between two two great powers in eastern europe so it's it's i think resilience is probably the number one thing that's just the resilience of the polish people and the history itself is fascinating well you can get a copy of owen pataki's second novel available at barnes and noble and on amazon searchers in winter it's been out uh, for the past year we urge all our listeners to get a, a copy of that book searchers in winter, Owen Pataki, author, writer, filmmaker, our guest today on the Rusk Report. If you're listening in Toronto, South Buffalo, Manhattan, or northern Florida to the Bet 1520, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And we always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. Uh, next week, we'll have New York State Assemblyman Mike Norris on this program on the Rusk Report on the Bet 1520. Again, the book is Searchers in Winter, available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble, written by our guest Owen uh, Pataki. Now, let's talk uh, a little bit more about Searchers in Winter, a historical novel set up during Napoleon's conquest of Europe, and this is a sequel. Uh, how does it blend in with the first book you wrote with your sister, Alison Pataki, who's been a guest on this program, and your new book, uh, Searchers in Winter? Well, the first book follows three main characters during the, the reign of terror of the French Revolution. So there's there's an army officer from the aristocracy who's born an aristocrat. There's a lawyer from the south of France who comes to Paris to try to have an impact on the, on the revolution before it you know, devolved into bloodbath, and an aristocratic widow. And these three characters have to do with war because the French Revolution was also a global kind of seismic shift in European, you know, a threat to the European crowns. The, the royalty of Europe saw King Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette get guillotined and their heads cut off, and they realized this, this could be a serious, seriously bad thing for me. So these characters are come from different backgrounds, and they have to navigate this, this incredible social, political upheaval of the French Revolution, and then you see the rise of Napoleon and the soldiers... Uh, one of the characters goes to Egypt when Napoleon invaded Egypt and, you know, stood before the Sphinx and the Great Pyramids and had this epic battle in, you know, basically at the feet of the Great Pyramid, which was, again, a true story, something I, I didn't know much about until the research started informing it. And I really kind of found that interesting. So the second book is these characters. I won't say who, but the survivors of the first book are now in Napoleonic France, which is very different. It's, it's now officially the empire. It's not the struggling republic. It's 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 you know they have imperial eagles modeled after the Romans. You have Napoleon, who's now the emperor of of the French, and these characters who survived the revolution are now having to make their way through empire. And one of the characters is at war during the Fourth Coalition in what is now Poland. Back then, it was it was constantly changing, and Poland had its nation state nationhood stripped. 
uh, actually because it was considered a threat to the Prussians, the Russians, the Austrians. And so one of the characters is in is in Eastern Europe. And one of the side plots of, of this story is, again, based in a true event. And that is the fortune that built the Rothschild family dynasty that, that built this banking right. empire started here, had its origins during the Napoleonic War. So there's this fortune that, again, is based based on a true story. We took some some liberties, of course. It's fiction. you got to make it interesting. But um, the the governor of Hesse Castle, which is, a you know, it's Hamburg and Frankfurt. Uh, no, not Hamburg, excuse me, Frankfurt. And, and basically a city-state in modern-day Germany. The Hessians came and fought in the American Revolution against the Continentals, et cetera, et cetera were allied with the British. So Napoleon, as he's conquering his way across Germany, Prussia, he he tries to get his hands on as much for I mean, he's kind of a looter, you know, he's he's pretty shameless about conquering and taking what's what he wants. And they smuggled this this governor's fortune away from Napoleon and his armies and Mayor Amchel Rothschild, who was the, the founding kind of father of the, the Rothschild family dynasty, has to smuggle this city-state's fortune and try to get it back to, to London, to where it would be safe from Napoleon. And that's that's all more or less true and to, to the real-life history. And so in the book, there's you're in, you're in Poland, you're in Prussia, Germany, Danzig, and you're, you have, let's say, less-than-savory characters who are trying to get their hands on this fortune as it's, as it's being smuggled in wine casks, you know, from this basement in, in Frankfurt, and it's being smuggled across enemy lines to try to get it to London. So you have you have the English trying to get to it, you have Napoleon and the French trying to get to it, you have, you know, the Rothschild family who's, who's facilitating this. So it really, again, was one of those things that was just, the history itself was, was so interesting that it really made for a thriller novel. So, so it, it kind of translated pretty easily to to making good material for a for a thriller novel very interesting again the book is searchers in winter available through amazon and at all barnes and noble stores it's funny you mentioned about napoleon's girlfriend i've been to that estate a few times where napoleon's girlfriend was and it was very beautiful in uh poland and and i can still remember fondly when owen pataki's father led the pulaski parade with bob dole uh, 25 years ago, um, so many people in the in the sidelines, there were 100,000 people there were screaming out Pataki's name because uh, they love Pataki, I, but I think they thought he was Polish, but that's okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the uh, subject of war and peace in Europe with the great power struggles. And now, as you've mentioned in your biography, that we often repeat history uh, it's taking place again today with the Ukraine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the great quote, I think it's attributed to Churchill, those who don't learn the lessons of history are, are doomed to repeat them. And uh, that that plays out as true so often. And I think a lot of us, just after World War II and the, and the fall of the Berlin Wall, really never thought there'd be a a great war on the European continent ever again. You know, we, we kind of thought that was that was history. That was in the past. That's not going to happen. And sadly, tragically, of course, in Ukraine right now, that is that is not the case. There's a there's a horrific, you know, mass casualty conflict happening in Eastern Europe right now, and it's it's really tragic. And 
and you just try to wrap your head around it, why it could happen, how it could happen. Um, and I mean, we don't, none of us have answers right now. It's just, it's still playing out of course. But I, I for me, at least I, I was, I was a history major in college and I've always found history fascinating. And so, yeah, it, it's, like you know conversations about war and peace great power struggle you know nationalism ethno conflict is interesting and and so i i always kind of look or at least i try to study the history to kind of understand where we came from and okay, just, i'm just sorry why, we have to why uh, these things happen we've run out of time i'm very sorry uh the guest today has been owen pataki no author of searchers in winter available at barnes and noble and on Amazon, special thanks to our director of production, Kevin Carr, for the past 15 years, and to Governor George Pataki for recommending his son on this program, noted author, writer, filmmaker, Owen Pataki. Thank you for enlightening us. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.